Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Superflex rookie mock with landing spots. I might add, we found a three round mock on pff.com. So uh, we decided to apply landing spots to this. We are going to do a two round rookie mock for now. Uh, I'm sure uh, as things progress, as we get, we get further along, we will definitely be looking to, you know, expand this and, you know, make me maybe do like a five round rookie mock or something like that. But for now we'll do a two round rookie mock. And the good news is as well, uh, free agencies. I don't want to say it's wrapped up, but like a lot of the stuff has already happened. So, you know, we kind of got that some of that out of the way as well. So that gives us a little more clear of a picture of what's going to be looking like here. So that being said, let's just not waste any time and let's just get right into it. So Cody, why don't you just kick it off? You were lucky enough. You know, it's Ooh. a rebuilding year. You've been holding on to this you, and you have the 101. What are you doing with it? Interesting. I'd also just like to give a, a quick little uh, apology to the listeners because as of right now, Penn State is playing in their first March Madness game in 11 years. So you're either going to hear me be very happy or just have a complete meltdown live on air. So either way, I, I apologize because if they if they win, I will also be unbearable. And if they lose, I will be unbearable. But with the 101 in the first edition of the TFA Rookie Mock Draft, I am taking Anthony Richardson at the 101, who goes at 104 to the Colts in this mock. Like you said, from PFF, I believe uh, Trevor Sikama did did the uh, did the mock for PFF that dropped this morning. But I just i i love this i love this landing spot for for Anthony Richardson getting the uh, the the staff coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, with Shane Steichen coming over there, taking that head coaching gig, they dealt with a somewhat similar prospect in the sense of like Jalen Hurts wasn't exactly known for being a, a, a stout 
passer, right? Now they get Anthony Richardson, who has questions of his own. But what did the Eagles do really well with Jalen Hurts? That's what made Jalen Hurts a cheat code this year. I think they can do something similar with Anthony Richardson. I think we're both expecting that Colts offensive line to take a step back to a, you know, a step forward rather kind of bouncing out from where they were last year to where they had been in previous years coming into that season. But just really like this landing spot overall. And this is like, yes, Bijan Robinson looks like he's going to be an elite running back prospect, right? But like the ceiling for running backs is basically like the floor or like the median outcome for like a solid quarterback. You know what I mean? So I just feel like having, especially if you are a team that earned the 101, you didn't like trade for it. You're probably bad. Bijan Robinson does you no good. Take the young quarterback with, with the upside. Like I said, Bijan Robinson could be fantastic. He could average 20 points per game. Again, that's like, you know, what we look for is like a floor for our quarterback. So they're, they're, they're the cheat code and super flex. If you can have two of them. So I'm taking Anthony Richardson. I don't hate that. This is one of the better landing spots. I mean, it's the, for the, the Colts. I mean, their offensive line, I know struggled last year, but I think it's still better than what it was. Thus yeah. you have a lot of other situations he possibly could go into. Michael Pittman is there. Uh, yeah, yes, we would like to see them probably add a few more weapons as well, you know, among that offense. But he at least has a nice starting point to as a quarterback as well. So I do, I don't mind that. I, I think, I think the debate for me is is really between him and Bijan Robinson to be the one on one, mainly because of his cheat code uh, with his rushing upside. So I don't hate that pick. Now with the one hundred and two, I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson. Now I will be first and foremost. Uh, to be honest with you, and say that his landing spot that they have for this is the Dallas Cowboys, and I absolutely do not love it. Um, yeah. Mainly because I guess for year one, like I think he's going, he would be limited some, like he's not going to come in and just be the lead back there. Maybe he takes like the Zeke role and something like that. in that situation, because Tony Pollard is still there. We know Tony, uh, Tony Pollard is definitely going to have a role, but like, I get it. Like a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people start mocking Bijan Robinson, the Cowboys. And it's a lot of it's because of Zeke, because Jerry Jones drafted Zeke Elliott in the top five, or whatever it was, uh, you know, all those years ago. And now Zeke Elliott is gone. I just think Bijan Robinson's probably going to be gone before uh, the Cowboys pick, I believe at 26. So, but overall Bijan Robinson, there's, I don't, everybody knows who Bijan Robinson is. He is the absolute alpha stud of this, of this entire class. He is, uh, you know, we we throw this word around a lot, but he is a generational talent. We talk; it feels like every now, every year now, we have somebody out of running back position that we're talking about like that. But he truly is like he's up there with the Saquon Barkley's of the world uh, coming out of this class. So he is a very very safe uh, prospect and somebody. And, and if he did go to the Cowboys after this year, you're, you're looking at a locked in top five running back with his upside and that offense that they have there. So Bijan Robinson uh, is locked in at the 102. I don't need to go on further than that. So, uh, Cody, you're up at the 103. The 103, I will be taking C.J. Stroud, who went first overall in this mock to the Panthers, of course, after making that huge trade. It was that last week, two weeks ago? The, the, the days are all running together for me at this point. You know, again, a, after that, like, there's not a ton of landing spots that I love. Again, this is super flex, so it just makes sense to go C.J. Stroud here. I do have him over... Bryce Young, again, quarterbacks are my my absolute weakness when it comes to like scouting the position or like looking at them on on tape. Not that I'm a you know professional film grinder by any means, but um just I, I like that I like that landing spot with with Shroud going there with that coaching staff that they have put together that looks fantastic on paper. 
Um, you know, obviously would like to get them more uh, more weapons in that passing game for them. But I, I do have Stroud over Bryce Young in my pre-NFL draft uh, ranking. So just makes sense to take him here at the three. Two of the top quarterbacks have come off the board with Stroud and Richardson. And obviously, Bijan came off the board at 102. Um, I'm going to keep it going here at this being super flex. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not in love with Bryce Young, uh, the prospect, or Will Levis, for that matter. Like I think they both have their own red flags, but I also think they both also have a path to being relevant. Uh, Bryce Young uh, scares me, especially because he gets a lot of comparison to Kyler Murray, but he's not Kyler Murray at all. Like He doesn't have the athleticism that Kyler Murray does. Like he's not somebody that's going to be rushing for six, seven hundred rushing yards. It's not going to happen. The most he ever rushed for in a season, I think, was a hundred yards. Uh, the year before that, I think he had like a, like seventy yards or something like that. Like he's not a runner at all, right? Like, and he doesn't really uh, provide that. And so at five ten, there's certainly some concerns here with his size. I don't think he's above two hundred pounds. I think he put on a little bit of water weight before the uh, the combine. I think he is probably like one ninety five. And we there's just not a huge list of quarterbacks you can go off of that are that size. And so, like, there is definitely some, some concern here, but he is going to be drafted in the top three picks of, 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 of the NFL draft. And so, you know, draft capital matters a ton. He's going to enter a spot with the Texans. That's where he was drafted on with this mock that he is going to absolutely, uh, you know, get all the opportunity in the world to start. They've added a lot of weapons there. I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're uh, premium weapons or quality weapons at this point. But I think Bryce Young, I think um, if, he, if he's in the right spot, I will say this, their offensive line looks better as long as they keep Laramie Tunsil. Uh, they've also made some additions uh, to the offensive line through free agency. They traded for Shaq Mason from the Buccaneers as well. So they are improving that offensive line, which will be good things for him because he's going to need that opportunity, that time uh, to be able to throw. And, you know, Brandon Cooks is still there for now. We've heard rumors that he possibly get traded. But, you know, you still have John Mechie. Uh, he was diagnosed with cancer uh, last year, which is sad, but he should be back this year. So we'll get to see him. Um, you know, and Nico Collins is also still there. So we'll see. I think they still need some other weapons, but I think Bryce Shaw makes the most sense here. It was between him and Will Levis and a super flex. You know, you got to get your quarterbacks. And so, you know, I thought about going with Will Levis because Will Levis is probably in a better situation. But Will Levis probably doesn't start until next year if he's drafted by the Raiders. Uh, with him taking Jimmy Garoppolo, I think this would be kind of a, a learning year for him. Uh, otherwise, if Will Levis was the starter out of the gate, I'd probably prefer him just because he's in a better landing spot. Still having Devontae Adams there as a weapon. They added, uh, you know, Jacoby Myers. You know, so the weapons are definitely a lot better there for the Raiders than they are the Texans. But I don't think he plays till next year. So I think from a long-term perspective, Levis might be a little bit more attractive. But at least for the short term, I think Bryce Young is definitely going to be starting right out the gate. Yeah, man, you kind of laid out my my next pick for me as well. So appreciate appreciate that. My my next pick would be Will Levis goes at 107 here to the Raiders. And I think it's a better thing for him that he doesn't have to start out of the gate with Jimmy Garoppolo there, right? Um, gives him time to to get more weapons, not not necessarily more weapons, but more help for him on the offensive line. Obviously, Josh Jacobs balled out last year, but I think that was kind of in spite of the offensive line and not because of the offensive line. So gives Levis a, a year to you know really get his feet under, underneath him and kind of figure out the the question marks that he has in terms of you know I've seen some people talking about his mechanics and whatnot, and you know not necessarily having a, a touch. He's kind of like a one speed type of quarterback so i'm going to take levis here to the raiders and it's also because i don't necessarily like love a ton of these landing spots as i've already said so i'm going to take levis here at the 105 all right so let's move, keep it moving here let's go over to the 106 uh my pick and i'm gonna maybe do a little bit of a shocker here and i'm gonna go with 
uh, somebody who, for a lot of people, are either their second or third wide receiver in terms of rankings. But I'm going to go with Quentin Johnston. Uh, and this mock, he was he was mocked to the Vikings. Adam Thielen is now gone from that offense. So now, uh, you know, yes, they still have TJ Hawkinson, but that offense is good enough, I think, to support, uh, obviously, multiple pass catchers here in this offense. And so I do like this with, with Justin Jefferson on the other side. Quentin Johnson, I think, would be an actual good landing spot for him. I know some other people probably say, well, why aren't you going JSN? Well, in this, land, this mock draft, they do have the Seahawks taking him, and I would just not be a big fan of that landing spot. We know that's a team that wants to run the football. They're not looking to, to pass the ball all, all that much. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are both still there. Uh, he would kind of be the third wide receiver there. Um, so, and that's just not a, a, I don't think there's enough volume to go around to, for that to work. Maybe in a, a year or two, maybe they look to uh, get rid of Tyler Lockett. Maybe after this year, he is getting older, aging. So maybe that, you know, long-term, I think JSN could make a lot of sense in that offense. But at least for this year, I, I think Quentin Johnston, uh, is just in a better would be a better spot, better fit. He, he immediately steps in as being the number two wide receiver in that offense. So, and I, as you all know, I love Quentin Johnson in this class. He's actually my wide receiver one in this class, and I, I know other people have uh, you know him a little bit lower, but for me, I think he has the ceiling, the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in this class. I think it's him and JSN have the highest ceiling. I think athletically, he's an athletic freak of everything he brings to the table, yards after the catch, everything. Um, the only thing that you really ever have question marks with him is just kind of he disappears sometimes. But I think, you know, at the next level, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Yes, Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback, but he is definitely a, a – so I do think this is a good landing spot. I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson, who was drafted by the Vikings. That's who I'm going to go with. Lock him in at 106. Yeah, you know, you have Adam Thielen out of the picture now too. So I, I do like that. I, I like that landing spot as well, you know, being on the other side of – Justin Jefferson is never uh, never a bad thing. At this pick of the 107, I am going to take JSN, who you were just talking about, not necessarily loving the spot. I don't love it either, but he is the best wide receiver to me in this class. I know it was like the cool thing to, to hate on him for a while because of maybe his lack of athleticism. He's only a slot guy, yada, yada. It doesn't matter. What, what he does well, he showed at the combine with his uh, elite, elite, agility uh, drills when he just absolutely crushed them. Tyler Lockett is getting up there in age. And these, these situations change so quick. Like this is something that I've learned from playing dynasty for the past five, six years or so is like when Juju was drafted to the Steelers. Now, obviously it looks a little bit different now, but when he was drafted to the Steelers, I was like, Oh man, I'm out on him. Martavis Bryant is there. A B is there. Well, guess what? That didn't last too long. Juju crushed, you know, his first two years. He was the the dynasty wide receiver one for a little bit of time. So all this just to say that like these situations change quick. They change whenever you least expect them as well. Like I said, next year, uh, just looked it up. Tyler Lockett will be thirty two years old. He can be a he could be if he's designated as a post June one release or trade. The Seahawks will save almost seventeen million dollars against the cap, and then with the post. June 1st designation, they can also split that dead cap hit between 2024 and 2025. So they can move on from him. Like who knows, maybe DK Metcalf requests a trade. Like there's a lot of things that could happen. So I'm going to go with JS, JSN here at the 107. Yeah. Like I said, for me, it, it's, it's a two, two, it's a two man battle between those, both those wide receivers. I think long-term, I think it's still a really good spot for JSN uh, to be in there. Like you know, like we've already laid out. So I don't hate the pick at all. I just like Quentin Johnson a little bit more, and so and the landing spot I think I think is a little more advantageous, uh, especially as well. So that being said, let's keep it moving here. Uh, I am up at the one hundred eight, 
And I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs here. I was really thinking about going with a wide receiver because there's a wide receiver that I like where he landed. But I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs here to the Cardinals. Again, like I said, I think he can immediately step in, be the pass-catching running back here in this offense. And as we know, James Conner is not a model of consistency when it comes to injuries either. And so if something were to happen to him, he would immediately step in and be that you know, that RB1 of that offense. So he's super dynamic. Yes, there are some concerns, especially this year. Uh, you know, is Kyler Murray even going to play this year or, you know, how long is he going to miss? So those are all question marks we're going to need answered. But it is worrisome because a little bit more with running backs than a wide receiver, right? Because wide receiver, I mean, we feel good about probably if, if they're going to be an elite wide receiver, they're probably going to be around for at least, you know, eight to 10 years of really high level play where a running back may only have a five-year window. And so if, if your first year is already not looking great, uh, then obviously there's some concern there. But overall, I still think that he is at a good spot. He is a good running back, super explosive. There is a running I, – I do have Zach Charbonnet ranked ahead of Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, it would have been my pick there as well. Uh, at the 109, I'm going to take the first tight end off the board, and I'm taking Darnell Washington, who's drafted by the Bengals at the 1.28 here in this PFF three-round NFL mock draft. Uh, for for me, the dude just absolutely crushed the combine. Obviously, like we knew that he was a good blocker, right? Like right before the combine happened, the week before, Kev, we did that uh, the the ADP show. We were talking about Darnell Washington, how like we kind of like him. You know, viewed him more as a blocker, but like he was going to obviously be like a, a red zone threat because of his size. And then he comes out and just crushes the combine along with basically all these all these tight ends, right? Uh, but going here to the Bengals is just such a sexy, sexy spot. There's another tight end who who I really like here as well. But clearer path here for Darnell Washington in the uh, in the first year. Obviously, Hayden Hurst is no longer there. Tyler Boyd will be a UFA after this season. Who knows what ends up happening with T. Higgins? Because they have I know the you know the GM came out and said that you know they're not interested in trading him. But you know trading him maybe not. But trying to sign him. And Burrow and Chase is definitely going to be a challenge. So Darnell Washington could potentially be looking at being like the number two target on this offense within a year. So sign me up for that. Yeah, and there, I mean, we talked about it. But this is a great class for tight ends. I mean, there is in, in this mock alone, uh, within the first three rounds of the draft, we have what six tight ends that are come off the board. Four of which go in the first four or four in the first two rounds. So. Yes, I think this is going to be a very deep class for tight ends. We're going to see a lot of them drafted pretty early. Um, I was actually surprised that Michael Mayer fell to the second round uh, of this mock for him. But overall, I think there's a lot of really good opportunities here. There is. I was actually thinking about going tight end. I think it might be the same, same guy. But I'm going to go with Josh Downs uh, here. And that might be a little bit high for some people to be taking him at this point. And mainly because I think landing spot would be fantastic. He would be going to the Panthers at 208, early, very early draft capital here, pairing him with C.J. Stroud. Uh, we know they shipped out Dar- or they shipped out D.J. Moore, so it's Terrace Marshall, and that's pretty much fucking it, right? Like, there's not a whole lot of weapons there for him. So I think Josh Downs, who I think really profiles a slot-wide receiver um, at the next level, I think he can step right into that role where Terrace Marshall plays on the outside. You have Josh Downs on the inside. And I think that he he would be somebody that would command like quite a bit of targets very early on because there's there's just nobody else there to throw the ball to. So if Josh Downs lands in Carolina, I think it really bumps him up ADP. Maybe I'm taking him a little bit at, earlier where people would feel comfortable with uh, in terms of his, his his overall ADP. But I feel like if he lands here, taking him at the 110, I think it's fine. Yeah, especially in a class that you know we 
we think there's going to be a lot of like solid guys, but aren't necessarily a, a bunch of studs or guys who have, you know, the, the highest ceiling. Right. So getting some like that, someone like that who should command, you know, a, a decent amount of targets year one, and then be able to cut, you know, quote unquote grow with CJ Stroud would be big. Uh, I'm going to turn around here at the 111. I'm going to take the other tight end that I was talking about. Thank you for not taking him. Kev also surprised with your chief's homerism that you did not take him, but that is Dalton Kincaid going at the end of the first to the Chiefs. It would, like, come on. Like, you can't you can't ask for anything better. Obviously, Travis Kelsey isn't going to be able to keep going at this rate for, you know, for 10 more years. That end is eventually going to come. And I think Dalton Kincaid is someone who could step into that role seamlessly, you know, be able to learn from Travis Kelsey. I think, you know, with the way that this Chiefs offense is looking as it stands right now, uh, you know, they, they could definitely run some two tight end sets with Kincaid and Kelsey as well and, you know, have a little bit of uh, opportunity in his rookie year. And if not, you know, we, we shouldn't be counting on these tight ends to just break out their, their first year anyway. So taking somebody like this at the end of the first and being able to kind of like sit on him, not going to have to use him right away. Give me Dalton Kincaid to the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't mind the landing spot. The only thing I would say is, depending on what happens between now and the drafts, if the Chiefs don't add anybody else, they're definitely going to need a wide receiver. Um, right. This may not be a spot they necessarily have to do it, because I think there's an opportunity here for the Chiefs to trade up into this draft and, and grab their wide receiver. Or I, Because th- right now, without with them losing Juju Smith-Schuster, and they still don't have uh, you know anybody else, so it's Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and MBS are the wide receivers they have on this roster. They definitely need another roster. Uh, but we're going off this mock. They have Kincaid here, and I do think long-term it's a great spot. You're right. Travis Kelsey's not going to be around. We, we already see them dial back his snaps a little bit. He's he's not really as much of a full-time player. He's still I mean, he's still playing a, a ton of snaps. He's running a lot of routes. I mean, but, uh, you know, in certain situations, they're taking him off the field, trying to preserve him a little bit. So uh, I do think you could look to see them take one of these tight ends here in this class. So if it was, I, I think it does make a lot of sense for Dalton Kincaid. Maybe not early returns, but, you know, the long-term prospects of getting, uh, you know, a tight end that's going to be paired with Pat Mahomes for – you know, the foreseeable future, you know, next 10 years, I think is definitely, a, you know, a good solid pick. So next up here, I'm going to go with uh, the next up here. I'm going to go with Jordan Addison here at, the, at, at uh, he was taken to 11. Uh, I'm going to take him at the 112 uh, here. Jordan Addison goes uh, off the board. Uh, he, he was drafted in this, in this mock to the Browns at 211. And I know there's some projecting here because overall, Deshaun Watson looked god-awful last year, right? About as bad as you possibly could. Though I will say towards the end of the season, he started to look a little bit better, kind of started to knock some of that rust off. I have to remember, he was out of the league for almost two years, didn't throw the – didn't wasn't playing, was suspended, uh, you know, and then sat out the year with the Texans too. So, like, I, I think it was a little reckless of people to think that he was just going to come right in and he was just going to start balling, right? Like, we could, we could get out of whatever – the you know the type of person that he is whatever I don't care we're not going to talk about that because it doesn't matter that's not what we're here to talk about but the player I think he's going to be a lot better next year right and it's really could be a buying opportunity whether it's a dynasty or whatever format you're looking at because people just aren't going to be as high on him as they probably should we forget that this guy was a borderline top five quarterback prior to you know this stuff happening so he still has the athleticism and all that stuff and right now I, I do like some of the, the the targets they have there I mean Amari Cooper. But, I mean, Amari Cooper could be gone in the next year or two from this offense. Donovan Peoples-Jones is there. But, you know, he's much more of just their deep vertical threat. Uh, they they drafted David Bell last year. But I think Jordan Addison could step right in there, step right into the slot, 
and and really uh really have a, a pretty much a, a pretty solid role in this offense right out the gate. Maybe you look at year one, getting 70, 80, 90 targets, something like that. Definitely in the range of possibility. David Njoku is also there as well. But overall, I think Jordan Addison for a lot of people is the wide receiver too for a lot of people. Uh, I think people would be a little bit surprised if he fell to the second round, but I think it's possible. It, it doesn't seem, the, uh, at least for the NFL, that they're necessarily as high on these wide receivers uh, as we see in years past. And so I definitely think it's possible to see someone like Jordan Addison fall to the second round. And, you know, for the Browns, I think, again, a, a, an immediate need for a wide receiver here uh, to continue to help, uh, you know, with Sean Watson and kind of getting him back on track. So, uh, overall, that is, that's what I would go with at the 112. I like it. So, before we move on to the second round here, I just want to recap the first, and then we'll try and, you know, speed it up a little bit in the uh, in the second round. But took Anthony Richardson at the 101, and then it went Bijan, C.J. Shroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba at the 107. Jameer Gibbs, Darnell Washington, Josh Downs, Dalton Kincaid, and Jordan Addison at the 112. I will be taking Zay Flowers at the 201. One of the, you know, the smaller receivers who, you know, was actually showed up pretty well at the combine. Now, obviously, this morning we did get uh, Paris Campbell landing with the Giants. We also have Wandell Robinson. So, like, it definitely seems like they have a type here, right? Like these smaller, shiftier guys. Who knows how this would end up, you know, actually happening. But I still think Zay Flowers, you know, could come in there and make some noise. We still don't know what Wondell Robinson is. Paris Campbell finally stayed healthy. And, you know, he had his quote-unquote breakout year that was 600 yards receiving. So I, I still like Zay Flowers as a prospect. So I'm going to take him here at the top of the second. So I'm going to keep it moving here at the 202. And it's going to be pretty easy for me. I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet. Uh, he goes off the board here in uh, 301 to the Chicago Bears. Now, Makes me sad a little bit because my guy Kilo Herbert is still there. They also uh, added Deonta Foreman on a one-year, like $1.2 million deal or something like that, uh, which doesn't really concern me all that much. If they go with Zach Charbonnet in the early third round, listen, uh, I've talked about it a ton, love Zach Charbonnet, but he's, he is my number two running back in this class. Uh, I think he is can, can pretty much – I think he is a better David Montgomery. Let me put it that way. Uh, he is a more athletic David Montgomery. I think he did a lot of stuff that he does. If you watch his tape and you put it on, he provides everything, contact balance. Uh, he, he has great bursts. His vision is unmatched in this class. I think he has the best vision of anybody in this class. And they are trying to improve this offensive line. They had a couple of offensive linemen already through free agency. Uh, I do think that uh, with them, with, with the 109 pick, I think you can definitely see them add their offensive tackle. So, you know, getting Zach Charbonnet in an improved offensive line, a better offense here, Justin Fields also, that running dynamic is going to open up rushing lanes for somebody like Zach Charbonnet. So if Zach Charbonnet lands with the Bears, even though it is, you know, early third round, it's, it's still right there with a great, uh, you know, it is still solid draft capital for a running back, uh, you know, in this day and age. So Zach Charbonnet is who I would go with. Up here at the 203, I'm going to take Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, who goes at 2.22 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Just, it's Justin Herbert. Like, do, do I need to say much more? It's obviously an offense that needs the the speedster. They've kind of been looking for with, you know, some of these guys like uh, Jalen Guyton that just haven't worked out. You know, Keenan Allen getting up there in age. Uh, you know, Mike Williams can't seem to stay healthy outside of the one year where he, you know, tricked the Chargers and give, into giving him that extension. So I think Hyde is someone who can come in and be a big-time weapon for the Chargers as well. Probably doesn't have the safest floor, but, you know, at the beginning of the second round here in your rookie drafts, I'm not necessarily looking for floor anyway, so I'm just going to take the ceiling and give me Jalen Hyatt. Let's keep it moving here, and I'm going to go with my next pick here. We are at the uh, 204, and I'm going to go with Michael Mayer. 
Um, I was kind of surprised he fell as far because for the for the longest, he's kind of been the, the consensus uh, tight end one in this class. Uh, I think there's been a little bit of shuffling, but I think really the top three, four guys think you could make a really an argument with about all of them. And so I do like Michael Mayer here. He lands at 202 to the Texans. Uh, very similar situation here. Uh, he's probably going to step right in and be the starting tight end. Uh, pretty much probably right out the gate here for the Texans. Uh, give Bryce Young another weapon. To, you know, six foot four, 265 pounds, kind of the, the full package here. Uh, great quickness, burst off the line. Uh, you know, I think he does a lot of things really, really well. I think you can make a case that between him and Dalton Kincaid have the, you know, are probably the, the two of the best, most polished tight ends in this class. So, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense here to go with uh, Michael Mayer here in the second round. Going to keep the tight end run going. I'm going to take Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, who goes in the beginning of the second here to the to the Raiders. Obviously, with, with moving uh, Darren Waller in that trade to the Giants, they definitely have a need. Because that tight end depth chart is ugly as it stands right now. Now, obviously, there's, there's still some high-end free agents out there that they can grab, but as of things standards right now, Luke Musgrave, definitely more of that move tight end than he is an inline guy, which is what we want for fantasy anyway. It's completely fine with me. So I'm going to take Luke Musgrave. And no matter who's at quarterback, I think he could be a good fit for that offense. Yeah, and it is a barren wasteland for tight ends right now yeah. since they moved Darren Waller. So opportunity comes right uh, right out the gate. So uh, next up I'm at 206. Now, there's been a lot of rumblings going on right now that the Broncos could be looking to trade one of their uh, wide receivers. Which seems kind of crazy to me, considering everything they're doing. All this, they're spending this ridiculous amount of money right now. They spent another, I think, two hundred million dollars so far this offseason. They did the same thing last year. They they spend draft capital to get Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Like, why would you want to get rid of your weapons? I do not know, but whatever. Uh, that's what the Broncos are talking about. And considering they're looking at moving Jerry Judy, like, whatever. If this if this is what happens, they're going to have a uh, you know they're going to have a need here at wide receiver. Yes, they're still going to have KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick there. Uh, uh, Tim Patrick coming off a, a pretty significant injury, but uh, overall, I think this would be a good landing spot for Cedric Tillman. Overall, you know, taking Cedric Tillman here, this would be a little bit of, you know, assuming that maybe possibly they would be looking to move on from uh, one of these wide receivers, which is going to open up opportunities. So Cedric Tillman here going, uh, you know, 305 here, early enough draft capital that, you know, I think he's he could have a significant role moving forward in this offense. And he's kind of the overlooked guy here, uh, you know, from the Tennessee uh, wide receivers. Uh, Hyatt kind of really stole the show this year, kind of went off. Cedric Tillman dealt with some injuries and stuff like that. But years prior, he was kind of the man. So I do like Cedric Tillman here, uh, taking a little bit of a shot here on him at 206. Yeah, as much as I don't like a lot of these landing spots, like that was one that I saw that I was like, ooh, okay. Like that would have 100% been been my next uh, my next pick here. So I really like that for all the reasons you just laid out. I'm going to go and take a running back here who who got less draft capital than some of the other running backs on this list, but I prefer the landing spot and that is Chase Brown going to the Bills at 3.28 in this uh, in this mock. Just going to put him here. You know, I'm not necessarily in love with him as a, as a player, but he tested really well. Obviously, you know, James Cook is there. It's not that he's any any slouch athletically either. But I do think that you know, Chase Brown could potentially be a better runner than what James Cook is. So. You know, if if someone there were able to kind of like take the the lead role there, even if that's just like a 60-40 type of split, that's definitely something I'm interested in. So I just like the way that Chase Brown tested at the Combine, so I will take him here to the Bills. 
right, you picked at the 207. I am picking at the 208, and I'm going to go with Ty J Spears here. Uh, you know, the man who uh, you know kind of made a name for himself at the Senior Bowl, especially the workouts here. But he is going off the board at 310 to the Texans. Apparently, I'm just all in on the Texans. I have Bryce Young. I have Ty J Spears. I also have uh, Michael Mayer here. I just went all in on the Texans. Uh, you know, offense here, but I, I'm going to go with Ty J Spears. He gets better draft capital as much. I love Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce can be that guy. But if they draft running back in the third round, I think that is going to hurt uh, Damian Pierce moving forward. Could be more of a committee work a little bit here uh, between these two running backs. But still, um, I think Tajay Spears with the higher draft capital uh, here in this offense could pay off. So I'm going to go with Tajay Spears. It was really between him. Uh, you know, Devin A. Chain also came off the board uh, pretty similar at 319, but he goes to the Bucks at an offense that I really want no part of whatsoever with looks like Baker Mayfield's going to be the starting quarterback there. But they still have all the other weapons, but the offensive line is kind of falling apart. They're, you know, guys have retired. They're trading guys away. Uh, it's just not uh, advantageous for me to want to take that uh, with him. So uh, I'm going to go with Ty J. Spears here at 310 to the Texans. Yep, yeah, you're ta- speaking my language there with the, the, the Ty J. Spears love. Getting close to the end of the second round here. I'm going to take another tight end. Apparently, I am all in on this tight end class. I'm going to go Sam Laporta out of Iowa, who went to the Packers in the third round. They obviously have a need here with Robert Tanyan moving on. Uh, you know, the the questions at the wide receiver position as well. Obviously, we're expecting big things from Watson. We saw Romeo Dobbs pop off a little bit as well, but they, they could definitely use as many weapons as possible for Jordan Love there and, you know, his first real year as the, as the starter. So Laporta tested out really well at the combine, very similar to what George Kittle did, not necessarily making, you know, that, that one-to-one comparison, but it, it is kind of odd how closely they lined up, obviously both coming out of Iowa as well. So I think it's just a, a fit there for Green Bay in the third. Yeah, next up for me at 210, I'm going to take a little bit of a swing here with this being super flex. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker. That's who they have here. Yeah. They have Hendon Hooker going in the second round to the Lions. And I don't hate it. Hendon Hooker was fantastic at Tennessee this past year before he, before he ended the season with an injury. Uh, I think this this year with this pick, he steps into a great situation. We've talked about this this Lions offense being a ready built just you know super car for a quarterback to step into. I, I don't think they're tied to Jared Goff long term. I think taking a shot on a quarterback here in the second round again, they've done a very good job. You know, with, it, with what they did with Jameson Williams last year, with really babying him along. I don't think you would even see. Uh, Hidden Hooker all this year, but I think it gives us the time he can learn the offense and then you know maybe compete for you know the starting job uh, moving forward. And, you know it's, it's decent enough draft capital in the second round where maybe they would look to you know do something with him. But uh, I don't know if Hidden Hooker even with if he would have stayed healthy, if he would have been like a first like a late first round pick or something like that. I don't know. It would depend on how he tested and everything else. But overall, I don't mind taking a shot here in a super flex league, especially late second. Uh, you know, on a quarterback that has some upside in a great offense and a, and a great situation. So I'm going to go with Hinton Hooker here. Yeah, my should, probably should have been my my pick with with Sam Laporta, but uh, just just for everything you laid out and with you know here in the late second, not a lot of these names really sticking out. Should have been my pick earlier, but I'm going to go ahead and finish out my last one here at the 211. Can't go without mentioning some Penn State love, so I'm going to take Parker Washington, who went to Philly. In the third, obviously, I think that the Eagles will start to open this offense up a little bit more. In ter- you know, not that they didn't trust Jalen Hurts to pass last year, 
but there was a lot that they, you know, depended on his legs. I think we could see something where it's like tailed back just, just slightly and then putting a, a very good slot receiver in that offense to be, to, to go along with AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Parker Washington only came in at 5'10 at the combine, but he did come in at 207 pounds. So he's not a, a frail little uh, slot wide receiver, really good hands. And I think he would fit pretty well in that offense. So that'll be my last pick at the 211. For me here with my last pick at 212, I think trying to literally look to see who's who's on the board here. Some of the other guys that were drafted, you know, Tyler Scott went to the Dolphins at the, in the third round. Rishi Rice went to the Commanders at 334. Michael Wilson went to the Titans. Like there's not a lot of wide receivers here that like stick out to me, right? And we only got the top three rounds. So it's not like I, I could go with some other options here. Uh, so the, the only other running back we did draft was Devin Aitchade. Doesn't really excite me again going to the Bucks. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go with the last tight end that's on the board here. That's Tucker Craft. I actually like Tucker Craft quite a bit. Came from uh, San Diego State University. He comes off the board here at 325. Yes, the Jaguars, uh, you know, franchise tagged Evan Ingram, but he, this is not a long-term deal. I mean, Evan Ingram could be gone after this year. So Tucker Craft here, I think, makes some sense. He's a super athletic guy, six foot five, 255 pounds. He was actually fifth in yards per route run. He was fifth in yards after the catch per reception and 19th in missed tackles force as well among all tight ends last year. He has excellent size. Uh, they lined him up everywhere. Flashes excellent ball skills and body control. So somebody that I really, really like here, you know, again, a guy you can kind of sit on your bench and, you know, tight ends, you know, obviously uh, are hard to come by. So taking some shots here, especially at 212 on a tight end that, that has a lot of upside, a lot of growth here, especially in a, ascending offense like the Jaguars are. Evan Ingram could very well be gone after this year. And, you know, this is a great offense. Trevor Lawrence really kind of came into his own last year. So I would take a shot here on Tucker Craft to wrap up the 212. Uh, other than that, uh, Cody, uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up and get out of here? Penn State up by 16 at halftime. That's all I got. Yeah. Hey, and Missouri won today. Uh, and they get to take on Princeton on Saturday. Uh, so M-I-Z, uh, Z-O-U. Um, this is the first Missouri win in the NCAA tournament uh, since, I think, 2010. long time ago. It's been a while. Uh, they've been a couple of times, but they get knocked out in the first round. Things are a little bit different now. Now we got Dennis Gates there in Mizzou. So uh, it's been a fun year to watch that. But overall, this kind of wraps up our, our, our mock. We're definitely going to be doing some more of these. We, we, we want to uh, you know dive in. I think doing with landing spots is fun. kind of gives you an idea where some of these guys could go, how we would value them if they went in certain landing spots. So as of right now, I think this was fun. Shout out to Pro Football Focus. You can go find the full mock over there, the full three-round mock over there at Pro Football Focus as well. So with that being said, keep it locked in here. We're going to keep doing more content next week. we got early redraft rankings coming as well. You, you can check those out next week. So be sure to keep it locked in here. We'll catch you on the next one. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time, one last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay
Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 